It's not enough to simply be the best product anymore. You have to show people why it matters to them. That's why positioning and messaging is everything. It's how you connect to what customers really care about, make your product's value clear, and stand out from the rest. Easy, right? No, it's not. But you can learn from folks who have faced and conquered these challenges before. So join me, Emma Stratton, as I talk to top product marketing leaders about the wild and wonderful world of messaging, the thrills, the spills, the hard-won truths, and the total myths, the adventures in messaging. I am super excited today to be chatting with Diana Smith, Head of Product Marketing and Brand at Twilio.org. Hey, Diana, great to have you here. Hi, Emma. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Yes, I'm so excited to chat with you because, you know, your role is a little different from a lot of um, product marketers who I chat with who are in the classic kind of B2B space, you know, selling to companies, um, for-profit companies. And at Twilio.org, you have a slightly different approach where you're in the social impact space and you're selling to nonprofits and you're speaking to kind of, you know, different communities, different groups. And uh, I would imagine this gives like a different spin on your approach to messaging. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, I definitely think that's correct. Having come transition from being a classic tech product marketer into still working for a tech company, but really focusing on the nonprofit sector and marketing to that group. I think one of the things that would be easy to miss if you're not close to this group or that might classic marketers might consider is really talking more about the great work that the company is doing and patting the company on the back and beating the chest of the company. Aren't we so wonderful? Look at all the great things that we're doing. And in some ways, like putting down the nonprofits or the people who are working with nonprofits in their communities. And for us, we really want to pay attention to and not do that, actively not do that, and really flip the script where Twilio is more of a tool that's in the tool belt of these nonprofits and that they are empowered to help more people. And the people that they're working with, no matter what community they're in, are, you know, maybe they're hit a rough patch or they're, you know, maybe, or they just care about a cause that they want to engage with. And they are really in a place of empowerment and, and they have power and they're choosing to interact with this nonprofit or to um, get connected to resources that could help them build a better life. And so for us, it's really about uplifting the nonprofit, showing that the nonprofits are innovative, breaking the mold that they are way behind the times and so slow and stodgy. That's not the case and really showing the innovation that the nonprofits have in order to help more people. Yeah, I think that is so cool. I I love that you're doing this in your role because it's really driving good, like all the good things that technology can do um, through nonprofits. And I think it's, it's a really good point you make about not going the classic route of beating the chest of your own company, like we're the best. And I think that is just almost like going on autopilot. A lot of people kind of go into that territory because you're trying to convey how great your product is and it kind of goes there. Do you have any tips for how to make sure like you are empowering and elevating, you know, your customer and not, you know, the company or your product features? Like how do you think about that? Any tips? Yeah. For me, I think it starts from a place of learning and being 
self-aware that I probably don't know enough about the issue area of this particular nonprofit to know the best way to frame things. So for example, you know, we work with many organizations that work with refugees. And in many places, the, the best way to talk about refugees is people who have been displaced from their homes due to violence and conflict, not these are refugees. And it's really about the displacement that they're experiencing. Or um, we work with other organizations that help people recover from addiction. And it's really about these are substance users, not substance abusers, because that is more of a judgment on the person. And so over time, starting to work with different customers and nonprofits, it's having a self-awareness lens. Like I probably don't actually know what's the best way to talk about these communities um, and you know, even working with organizations that are fighting for racial justice. Is it black? Is it brown? Is brown actually, con- is that combining too many communities that should be named on their own? And, and just having that self-awareness of talking to that group and wanting to learn and, and just being upfront with them, like, how do you talk about these? What are the terms that you use? And then that's more on the terminology side. And then I think when you're editing any content or reviewing content, you're looking out for things like, thanks to Twilio, they were able to do this. Like, no, you know. That is a classic sentence construct. Or um, things like, you know, because of Twilio or because of this or that versus, you know, this organization did this, they used this technology to do it. Um, Or to help these poor people in need. Like, definitely no. Like, you know, to help people access these resources. It's just, a, the, once you start paying attention to it, it's easy to see, but for folks who are not in the space, who are for me, who are new, like it, it, it took some folks telling me like, look, you have to pay attention to this. And once you see it, it's like, oh, you know, look out for that. <laughs> and, and, and honestly, it's from a brand perspective, it's so important. Like you want, you don't want to co-opt the stories of the other groups that are doing such great work. You more want to shine a light on what they're doing. You've got a tough job. I mean, that's a lot of things to balance and there's a lot of sensitivity there, but it's fascinating because what you talk about, about being self-aware, acknowledging that you don't know everything about this group, or perhaps you don't know that much and being really sensitive and empathetic about the words you use and wanting to you know, strive to say the right thing, you know, that rule should apply to really any industry that you're, you're marketing to, but you have such a, um, this is just strong example of like, you have to get it right, or else it it really is not going to be good. So um, I think, you know, times it doesn't, you know, some people may not even notice like reading the, but the organization is going to notice and that's what's going to matter. And I think you're right too. It's just the, the same thing that any product marketer should be doing or industry marketer should be doing. It's like, how does my customer talk about this? What are the problems that they discuss? What did they use? What's the language they use? It's the same kind of general marketing tactic. It's just perhaps even more acute. Yeah. And I think that's a top tip about not starting a sentence like with insert company name here, they were able to, and I think that's a really common sentence that appears. So let's just not use that anymore, right? Yeah, similar, my, I think you mentioned that you wanted to ask about pet peeves, but I'm just gonna go there. Go for it. Never say, we are excited to announce. (laughs) No, (laughs) such a waste of words. Uh, Nobody cares. Of course, if you weren't excited, you're the company who built this thing. Like if you're not excited to launch it, you should be excited, right? That's a kind of a given. So it's like more like we launched this or to help companies do this or companies 
are struggling with this and therefore with this new product, you can solve these problems. Like it just needs to flip to be in their perspective and like what the customers are going to get out of it. I think that's really common um, mistake. And it's just so easy to write. You're writing your launch blog. You're like, we are excited. Like delete, 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 delete. It's, 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 I mean, we've all done it, but it's lazy writing. You know, it's flabby, right? It's that first draft and you kind of just say it and then go back and just hack that out. Like these words do not need to be here. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Probably whatever you say right after the excited part, that's all you need. So Diana, I would love to know, um, what's one of the best lessons you've learned about messaging in your career and product marketing? This one, I have to thank my former manager from Segment, who's the VP of marketing at the time, Holly Wegman, who taught me this. But just having a much clearer framework about how I think about different levels of messaging and how the different levels are meant for different audiences. So starting all the way at the top, you have your corporate or level zero messaging. That's like the one-liner, what everybody should know about you and maybe your three key brand pillars. And that's at the corporate level of what you talk about in PR and in your boilerplate and on your homepage, you know, the, the highest level of messaging. Then you have underneath that, and these should obviously all layer together, but you have what we call your level one or your product level messaging. What's your highest level messaging about what your products do and what problems you actually solve? And at that level, you don't want to be getting into feature function, any of that. You want it to be differentiated from what your competitors say, but you don't want to get into too much into the weeds. And then the set, the what we call the third level messaging, but level two messaging is that real um, product feature level messaging. And that's where you would be getting into this product for this audience has these features that solve these problems and you're getting more into the weeds. So thinking about when is it appropriate to use these different levels of messaging, you know, on a product page or for a product launch, you might be in that level two of talking about the products and features, but when your executive is speaking, you don't want them to be down there that should be for a product manager. Your executive should be speaking at level zero, level one, and thinking about you know what parts of your website or parts of your sales deck, anything that you're using to communicate, you should be intentional about what level are we using here? So helpful. I think you know a lot of companies have trouble differentiating between the levels. I think internally, there's like a semantics problem sometimes, like what's positioning, like what's the value prop, what's the benefit, yeah. <laughs> what's the value statement. So there's a semantics thing, but also those things can get jarbled up the lower with the top. Um, I think the, the question I, I wanted to ask you about like the, the different levels is, um, oh, it's completely gone out of my head. What was my question <laughs> about? the different? It's like, I, I love this. Oh, I know what it is. Do you recommend going top down or bottom up or kind of middle or do you not think about it like that? Because that is something I've, some people like to start with a big corporate story and then, you know, go down and a lot of uh, sales, more sales driven people I've spoken to, they're like, no, you got to stop it. Like you got to start with the problems and the personas and then ladder up to the big vision. Do you have any kind of thoughts about up or down? <laughs> that's, I, it, that's such a hard question to answer. Cause I feel like usually very rarely, unless you just started a, like are at a brand new startup, do you start with nothing? Like usually right. you have something in one of those levels, you've got some, something, I think for most companies, the way I like to do is like bottoms up and then top down again. Yes. So start by like coming up with what are all the core use cases that we're seeing our customers, starting with the customers and their problems and their value. And then 
really documenting all of that and then telling that at different levels and more and more aspirational, um, you know, like what is the challenge that they're facing, you know, at the product level, it may be really specific and, and nuanced, but you're like, but at the corporate level, you're talking about what's the business impact of, of those challenges, if that makes sense. So I do like to bo- like go bottoms up. So you, you're starting with real tangible customer needs and examples. Then at the top, reframe what the top is and then make sure everything lines, what aligns when you go ladder back down. I think I, I think we're the same. I agree. They're like doing the wave. You're like, yeah. you know, it's bottom up and then back down. <laughs> but I think it has to be that way that you have to be grounded in the customer and the problems you're actually solving. I think something that I, I do see sometimes is com- companies, especially when they get to a certain stage or they're aspiring to get to the next stage, put a lot of focus on that high level story and they're either trying to kind of differentiate or start a new category or, you know, make a, make waves. And it's this kind of this story that doesn't mean anything or it doesn't make sense and feels really disjointed from what people are actually doing with the product. Um, so I think starting bottom up kind of helps you rein it in a bit, you know, so you don't get to that stage. I agree. I think that level zero is the hardest, hardest part because there's all opinions about what words you should use and can you do testing? Like, can you really test it? You know, it, it becomes, it can get a little political. You know? Absolutely. I think it's all polit- politics, isn't it? Likes the best. So I think you're right. Like starting it with grounding it in customers. And, you know, one of the things I've been talking to a few like early stage startups and they've been asking me about positioning advice and, you know, how do you think about those three words, your category? And I'm like, you know what? People worry too much about what those three words are, what we're going to like define our category. And sure, later on that it becomes important, but the reality is in many ways, you're going to follow what the market is, is, is coalescing around. And in the early days, rather than focusing on those three words that describe your platform or whatever it is that you do, Twilio, the customer engagement platform, whatever right. it is, segment, the customer data platform. You should really focus at the early days, just educating people and being as direct as possible about what the heck your, your product does. And Thank why. you. Just like, don't focus on the three words, focus on the one sentence that really gets across what you do in the most clear, direct language, especially if you're looking at technical audiences that they're like, no bullshit. Like, please just tell me exactly. Exactly. No, I'm so with you on that. I think it's like, it's a lot to ask of three words. right? It's too much. There are no three words that can carry the weight and the burden of those expectations. And also it's a distraction from what really needs to happen, which is a clear and effective proven value proposition. I always say like a tagline, you know, or, you know, this three word category or, you know, we're a this, um, it doesn't really matter, especially at that early stage. It's like, yeah, you've got to educate people. You have to help them see just what even is this? What mm-hmm. even is this? <laughs> yeah. And I think later on, what I've seen in my career and, and many folks have seen other things is either you're trying to differentiate from an existing category. And so you come up with a new category name. You're like X category, different from old Y category for this reason, you know, or you're trying to gain momentum off of an existing category. And maybe it's not even good for you to create your own category, but you're saying this is how we lead or are different in this existing category that you've heard of. Right. Yeah. I, I think I'm working with a client at the moment who's in an emerging, very, 
nascent category and some of their competitors are already trying to differentiate from this category that still no one knows about. And I think it's, it's that, that, that appetite to always be the newest thing, the freshest thing, the most innovative thing. And I think sometimes it's adding like an extra layer of mystery. It's like people already don't know what this is. So why are you adding like, and we're not like this thing that you don't know about. And it's like, I really don't know what, what you're selling me. So <laughs> it's very funny. So just to wrap up, um, I always love to ask products marketers who come on uh, this show, what is the one word you would banish from product marketing for all of eternity if you had that power? We talked about excited earlier, but my, my second runner-up is robust. Meaningless. It makes it like the more you think about it and say it's such a bizarre word, and you're like, what does that even mean? Just be more specific. More specific. I know. What, it's, what do you think they mean with robust? Scalable. You have more features. Yeah. Uh, solve more problems. I don't know. I it, think it's more features. Different things. Yeah. Yeah. Your, like just use, use the word that you're trying to say. Yeah. Just say what you really mean. What do you really mean? <laughs> Diana, it's been a blast chatting with you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks so much for having me. Hopefully this was entertaining and informative. <laughs> Absolutely. You were both. Absolutely. <laughs> Cheers for listening. For more messaging fun, sign up for my newsletter at punchy.co forward slash newsletter or follow me on LinkedIn and Twitter.